Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Inas Kosana. Thanks for joining us. Today we discuss a highly contentious topic, ivermectin. Ivermectin is a drug that's used to treat parasites. There have been claims that it can also treat COVID-19. To weigh in on the subject is Prof. Vinny Naidu, Dean of the University of Pretoria's Faculty for Veterinary Science. He is also a specialist in veterinary pharmacology. He starts by telling us what ivermectin is and what it's used for. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic drug that has been used in the veterinary industry for a number of years. And it's actually not one drug, it's a combination of little drugs called avermectins, and together they have the effect. It is very effective for the management of parasite conditions in the veterinary patient, commonly used to treat your intestinal worms, ticks, lice, fleas. And because of its real effectiveness, it's been used in quite a number of different species, and it's also available in different forms of use. So in cattle, as an example, it's available as an injectable. You do get paste for use in horses and you get tablets for dogs. So from a veterinary point of view, it is a well-accepted drug. Because of its uh, real effectiveness in the veterinary side, they decided to see whether the drug could be used in people as well as an antiparasitic in the 80s. And they found out that it was just as effective in the management of parasites in people. Initially, there were some concerns that the drug may have too many side effects, but they found out that if used properly and at the right dose, the drug was very well tolerated in people. And in fact, the drug became so important that it's one of the major drugs used to treat river blindness in people. And this was a devastating condition at the time because there was no treatment available. So the inventors of ivermectin eventually won the Nobel Prize for Medicine and Physiology for this remarkable find and how they changed parasite management in people and in animals. Initially, people were not allowed to use this drug, but South Africa's health product regulator has now allowed its use under controlled circumstances. What do you make of this? So, um, a lot of people think that ivermectin was actually banned by the South African government, but it, it's more than that. It comes down to availability and registration. Ivermectin is a drug used in people and in animals, but in South Africa at the moment, there is no registered formulation. So it's not available for sale, you can't buy it. So this is where people thought it was banned. It's just not available. The ivermectin we see is registered for veterinary use and it falls into a category of drugs known as stock remedies. And this is controlled by the Department of Agriculture. And what this act says is that this product may only be used in a veterinary patient and it then limits which veterinary patient can be used for. And it also says that no person may use the drug for any reason other than its prescription. So because it's a veterinary drug for parasite control in animals, that's where it stayed. Now, when the information on COVID came out, which was earlier last year, there were studies done in the lab where they took ivermectin and they put it into cell cultures in which the COVID virus was growing. And what they found out is that at very high doses after 48 hours, ivermectin reduced the replication of COVID by up to 90%. So based on this information, people started asking, can I use ivermectin? Will it be of benefit to me? Will it cure me? Will it prevent me from getting infected? So people started confusing that ivermectin as an active ingredient is not the same as ivermectin as a formulation. What happened was people started going and buying the veterinary drug at veterinary shops or farm shops and started using it on themselves. And this is where Sapra came in and said, but you can't use a veterinary product on yourself. It's illegal. And this is where people got upset and said, but they're banning my use of the drug. 
when in fact it was always illegal for you to use it. So to use the drug, there are implications. So the first one is the drug has to be available on the market. So there's two ways in which this can be done. One, it can be registered with the SAPRA and then it can be sold by the company. Or two, you can bring in the drug from overseas and that is known as the Section 21 process. And this is what has recently happened. SAPRA has discussed and said that on compassionate grounds, medical doctors can ask for the drug to be brought in and for seriously ill patients to use the drug. But they wanted it to be a well-documented process and for the patient's details to be known as well as where they are so that you could monitor them, you know they're under medical supervision and you can collect the data. The concern that medical doctors had was that it may take 24 to 48 hours to get this permission in to bring the drug. And if the hospital doesn't have immediate access, it may even take longer to bring in the drug from overseas. So what the high court ruling has said is that medical doctors can use ivermectin in patients that they are seriously ill and they believe could benefit before this paperwork is completed. It doesn't stop you from doing the paperwork as a doctor. It just cuts the time down and the delays in getting the drug to the patient. So the next question that's being asked is, can pharmacists compound the product? And this is where pharmacists by their profession can bring in active ingredients and make the product, be it a tablet, be it a liquid for use in people. At the moment, the discussion is around how feasible is that and whether this should be allowed as well. What's all the excitement around ivermectin? Can it actually help treat COVID-19? It's a very difficult question to answer. So for this, you need to understand how drugs go from in the lab to working in the person. And one of the important sayings in pharmacology is in vitro activity does not result in in vivo efficacy. In simple terms, what works in the lab might not work in a person or an animal. So to take this into consideration, you need to say, I now have a drug that works in the lab, but that lab is very different from the human body. How do I get that drug into the human body? And to allow for this, we have to administer the drug and it needs to get into the body where it has an effect. So let's take ivermectin tablets, which are the most commonly available human formulation overseas. These tablets have 12 milligrams of ivermectin in it. When you swallow the tablet, the tablet breaks down in the intestinal tract and the ivermectin gets released. That ivermectin then has to pass through the intestinal wall, get into the body and then move to the lungs where it has an effect. That process, while simple to say, is very complex. We have a chemical and that chemical could be subject to breakdown by the bacteria in the intestines. This drug may not cross the intestinal wall. And what we specifically know for ivermectin is that the intestines have special pumps. It's known as the P-glycoprotein pump or the multiple drug resistant gene. And this pump is an extrusion pump. So what it does is it pumps drug out of the body. It's like a bulge pump or swimming pool pump. Its whole purpose is to protect the body from drug that the body doesn't want. These pumps vary in different people. It'll vary where you grow up, it will vary by your diet. So you can have different degrees of influence on ivermectin and the amount of drug that gets absorbed. The next step is the liver. The liver is very efficient at metabolizing substances. So it will break down ivermectin and this reduces the concentration further. The last aspect is getting the drug to the lungs where it has to accumulate in the lung tissue. So from the information, and this is the math of how a drug works, also known as pharmacokinetics, 
We know that a single tablet of 12 milligrams of ivermectin will get absorbed and reach levels in the blood at around 40 nanograms per mole. Very low concentration and that is enough to have a parasitic effect. From the lab work, they found out that needed to reach a concentration of 2 micrograms per mole. The micrograms to nanograms is a thousandfold different. So from 40 nanograms to 2 micrograms, it's about 50 fold higher. So you can see a normal tablet cannot reach that high concentration. So another article was published towards the middle of last year where somebody did the entire maths of the process and they found out that ivermectin, even if given at very high doses, and they suggested 10 times the normal 12 milligrams, so that's 120 milligrams once a week, even under those high dosing conditions, it would never reach the concentrations required to kill COVID in the lungs. So based on this information, using ivermectin as a single treatment agent to either treat yourself when you have COVID or to prevent it, it's very, very unlikely to work. And in my opinion, it has no benefit. Are there any clinical trials testing the use of ivermectin in patients with COVID-19? So why is everybody saying the drug will have an effect? This is based on clinical trials and the clinical trials show that they may be an effect. There are a few clinical trials available. Now, a clinical trial is a special type of medical testing. So you take people with the disease. Obviously, if it's a veterinary study, it'll be animals. And you'd want to treat them with the drug to see how they respond. And the clinical trials are very specifically designed. Some of the criteria are the number of patients. So you would like a large number of patients with the disease to be included in your study. You then want the proper monitoring of the patient. You'd want the patient to ideally be in a hospital setting. You'd want to know exactly how many drugs the patient is getting. And you'd want to know that the person evaluating the person doesn't necessarily know what treatment you want. And that is known as blinding. So all these together give you a total data set that you can trust and then make a sound decision. Now, over the last year, there's been a number of small studies done in a number of countries. And by small, one of the studies I saw had 12 patients, while the biggest had 400 patients. So let's take the big study where you had 400 patients. In the study, they had 200 patients on ivermectin and a few other drugs. And the other group was on the other drugs, but without the ivermectin. They compared the two groups and it looked really promising. The group on the ivermectin seemed to recover much better and had a lower incidence of severe side or severe disease effects. And you had a fewer number of patients dying. But the number of patients inducted into the studies were very small. Most clinical studies will have a thousand patients. So you have to ask, is the study really robust to show us what we need to see? And the medical answer is no, not as yet. The next step is, could the other drugs have had an effect in these patients? Because nobody was on pure ivermectin. And from a drug pharmacology point of view, most definitely, we know that certain drugs in combination have a synergistic effect. So as an odd concept, what we're saying is one and one gives you three. So it has a superior benefit and it works at a much lower concentration. Alternatively, there could be interference with how the drug gets metabolized by the body. So your drug may stay in for longer or have a higher concentration. So this is another thing that was possible. So it's hard to differentiate whether you had a true ivermectin effect or a combination drug effect. The last aspect, and to me most important, is the blinding. 
the doctors and pe persons doing the monitoring knew which patients were receiving ivermectin. So you have to ask the question, did they unfortunately bias the study by expecting a better result in the patients on ivermectin? And there lies the problem is once you have that degree of bias, hard to say if your data is very accurate. So to get an idea of the clinical studies were really valid, what was done was a meta-analysis. And here they took all the studies from small to large and pulled it together and did statistical analysis. And this analysis showed that, yes, there is a potential trend for ivermectin to be effective. And this positive clinical trend can then lead to a proper clinical study where full monitoring can be done in a large number of patients. They immediately said, the data quality is not as good as they would like because there were too few patients, there was no blinding, and it was very difficult to differentiate between one drug and multiple drug effect. So this is where we are with ivermectin at the moment. There are a few clinical trials that are going on overseas and a few will be planned in South Africa. Once we have that data, we will know whether ivermectin really works as a drug. And in my opinion, ivermectin if it does work, will work in a hospital environment where the patient is on multiple drugs, not as single treatment. So to expect ivermectin to help you with COVID if you get sick and try and buy it from a shop without doctor supervision, I don't think you're actually doing yourself any favors. The drug is not necessarily safe. Is ivermectin safe to take? Let's look at the use as an antiparasitic drug. When used at the dose of 12 milligrams in a person, Ivermectin will have a low incidence of side effects. The side effects you can expect are typical nausea, vomiting, a runny tummy. Some of the more serious side effects are dizziness and you may get a skin rash. But all in all, not very common in people that take it at that dose. So the drug can interfere with the nervous system and it interferes with what's known as GABA transmission. Now GABA is the neurotransmitter that allows you to go to sleep. It's a neurotransmitter we take advantage of to put a person under anesthesia. And it's also the neurotransmitter involved in severe alcohol effect. So as an example, if somebody drinks too much of alcohol, they get slurry speech. They start having this incoordinated movements. They struggle to walk. Eventually they will pass out. So you can see how that is a very similar effect to falling asleep or having an anesthetic. So ivermectin works on these same pathways and ivermectin can cause the exact same symptoms. So you can get incoordination, apparent blindness, paralysis, you could go into a coma. And this happens at high doses. If you look at the dose that is needed to be effective against COVID, it is very likely that that high dose will cause these severe side effects. So it's not safe. So it's one of the reasons why when used, we also want the drug to be under medical supervision. Instead of taking the drug and being alone at home without intervention, if you do take the drug under medical supervision, you know that you are being constantly monitored. If something goes wrong, there is a trained medical professional who will be at hand to help you. And this is the major difference between trying to take a drug at home and in hospital. If help is needed, you need to get it fairly quickly. Is ivermectin used in any other countries? With regards to the use of ivermectin overseas, there are a number of countries that are using the drug to treat COVID. And these countries are using the tablet form. And as an example, there are reports of countries in South America using the drug. We know that it's being used in India and some of the subcontinent areas. So it is being used, but once again, it is based on 
the speculation that the drug could be effective. We don't know as yet. As far as I'm aware, all these patients are under medical supervision. So a doctor is involved in the use of the drug. It is not freely available over the counter. Now, in addition to the legal use of the product, we are aware of people using the veterinary formulations. I've had reports of people buying the cattle injectable and giving it to themselves orally. And there are a lot of black market sale of ivermectin. Obviously, those are not legal use, and it's very difficult for anybody to say if that is going to be effective. I always ask somebody the question, if you buy a drug which is on the black market and they tell you it's ivermectin, how do you know it's really ivermectin? You have no idea where that tablet came from. You have no idea if it's just a false label on the product. For all you know, you could be taking common aspirin or something even more dangerous. Ivermectin divides a lot of people and has generated a lot of debates in South Africa. Let's hope this podcast sheds some light. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Osea Patel. From me, Inas Kosana, goodbye for now.